I call this, this is more daylight. So we'll call this blue, that's orange, right? So the okay. problem is, is when you have one or the other and you're like, man, that overhead light, like right here on Adam's face is really orange. So in post you would go, well, I'm gonna crank up the blue cause that cancels out orange. The problem is, is if you add blue to blue, what happens? Real blue. So all of a sudden, okay. now all of a sudden, you're, this is turning blue, and your ceiling's turning blue because you're turning, you're turning up the blue to get rid of the orange from the tungsten. Versus if it's all orange, meaning orange is just being thrown everywhere, then you can color correct this the scene as a whole. So you want one full color. One ideally. Ideally. Because then now you can either have all daylight where it would be like this, or. And then let's say it comes off a little too cool. And this is great. You know why? You can use this as your color corrector, meaning if you ever do get into video editing, especially in Photoshop, there's an eyedropper tool that just says, it'll say select neutral. Click. And it'll make that, because right now this is like blue. Okay. It's like blue white. It'll turn it back to normal neutral white, which will add more warmth to our skin. Nice. Because it'll correct the scene. So you're going to send me some links on how to learn all this shit? Dude, Jesus. Oh, you can YouTube that. E that's easy little 10-minute YouTube video. Damn. You can just – So you just, but I, I don't have to get rid of these lights. I can hold on these No. Lights. You can just – you could either color correct them, like I said, buy some of those plastic orange. And what you do – it's so cheap when you see people color correcting things. Like they yeah. literally just kind of crank the plastic over it, and then they like rubber band it. As long as it's covering that bulb, it will now change the color to match your your overhead. Or vice versa, you stick a, a blue gel on that and it mellows that out into daylight. So it's just basically choosing a color. You just pick which one. Right now you're mixing two, so you just pick which one. I, like in my opinion, I would probably do, like daylight is really, really good for photos. I feel like that would be a bitch. You would be taping blue gel to your ceiling. <laughs> I would just honestly get a CTO gel for each of those and that's super cheap. And then just kind of same places, just mm -hmm. put them over and that's it. Yeah. And then in editing, you just do everything you do. Yeah. And then you know what else next? Eventually down the road. Like, yeah, talk to me. Um, get some sort of up lighting. Just something to add a little little flare back here so it's so not like so a light flat. in the actual shot then. No, no. Just literally like a can light pointing up this curtain. So like it would go like – and oh, it would just add that'd like a be sick. Yeah. Oh, that's actually pretty cool. So that's like what I'm that saying. Idea. You just add something so this doesn't look so like one-dimensional. Yeah. Make sure we're lit properly. Ideally, this is good for now. Like, trust me. I get it takes – Well, this is my time. third YouTube. Well, and I get – and yeah. here's the other thing is it takes time to collect all this bullshit and yeah. money. <laughs> trust me. I have lights. I was I'm looking like, at lights before I discovered these. I, the light I was looking at was $700. Yeah, and you're like – And it was literally one from the ceiling. It was just one of those long like in the, inside that little casing. I don't know what – I don't even know what it's called. Like diffuser kind of thing that just like lit the room evenly. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, where the like, – it's in the fucking shot. <laughs> and that – well, and here's the thing is once you – the reason studios are so bright is because they're going to go back and turn it all down later. You overlight stuff on purpose. So, like, for us, um, not that the cameras would see this, but this one would. Like, I have really good lighting here, but I'm split lit, which means this is – it starts there. to feather off. So that's why if you ever see, like, behind the scenes on, you know, 60-minute interview or whatever. Lights everywhere. They don't want underbag shadow. That's what this fill light's for is because it lights up here, and it just kind of illuminates the, the, the darker – Yeah. So this is like a fill, so it's only turned to like halfway power. This is your key light, so that one's turned. Then you have one behind because the thing is, is your hair on a dark background 
dark on dark. There's no separation. So that's what hair lights are for. You literally have a light here. And all it does is it lights up the back of your head so that you have some sort of an outline about you. So then, so then you just look like this giant bright thing, and then they go into editing well, and just and then add they jump it all down. Yeah. No, no, they just literally turn down the exposure of the scene. They just. And that makes you look more normal. Yeah. So like when I'm shooting outside, and uh, you're like, we should literally be recording. Oh, this is, I'm putting this up. This is we've already started. Oh, we have. Oh, Adam, like, welcome oh, to the studio God. corner. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> Make sure you keep the mic close to your face at Jesus. all times, and don't take any bathroom breaks. Thank Please you. continue. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, you're all red now. This is great. Uh, no, please don't no, stop. This is great. This is a lot of uh, anyways. This is a lot of what I was gonna ask you. So please just continue. Wow. All right, on that. <laughs> Here I thought we were spitballing, but um, okay. So like when I'm out shooting photos, you know, that why do you, you know, it's your your eyes are the best camera on the planet. I forget what it is, but your eyes can see many different stops of light simultaneously. Versus like have you you know when you're taking a selfie with your camera. And you yeah. point it, and you're like, God, that looks like crap. Selfie stick, baby. Yeah. This is the game changer. <laughs> game changer. Looks like a looks like a shotgun mic. Ready? What? Is, oh, it's one of those Bluetooth, thingies. Bluetooth, click, you know, click, the, click. We'll be using this afterwards. It sort of looks like a police baton. Used it looks break. like a pencil mic. Or that. Well, it, right there, it, lo it looks like an over like an overhead for your symbols. Oh, so. yeah. The really big one. Um but what I was going to say is so when you when you're you know you notice that your phone you know you point it towards the sun so like you know a lot of people like to backlight themselves so they'll put their sun the sun behind them but then their face goes black and that's because the camera sees all this light pouring into the sensor and it just it just dumbs down it it just turns everything way down yeah so what happens is is you don't have any light on your face it's all behind you so then you go pitch black or vice versa uh, so what you do, I always tell people, you point yourself into the sun, which, you know, because people usually do it when they're trying to get like a sunset photo. I get it. But the problem is without the proper equipment, you're not going to get the colors you think you're going to get and look good. It's just not going to no happen. No matter how good the iPhone camera yeah, is. Yeah, like that photo I sent you, I took that with an iPhone with six iPhones of iPhones lighting it. It was me and a bunch of my fr uh, photographer friends at WPPI. We were. That's the most photography thing I've ever heard. A bunch yeah. of photographer friends. Oh, let's get a shot with the iPhone. We did Six it. Six of you take out a light. Yeah. One so, of you take so the picture. So we had two two hair lights. <laughs> we had two right next to each other because you would think, why would you do that? Double the power. Yeah. So that's where that that spot that key light hits me right in the face. That's two phones literally going like this. Then we have one just off to the side, kind of feathering the shadow side. Two behind me so that I'm outlit by. And then what happens is because we're spilling all this light and all that like lit up light behind me from the casino into the sensor, the entire scene comes down. So now the the part that looks oh, overly see. bright right here, we oh. kind of bring that back down into the shadow so it feels all moody. But I still have plenty of light with that key light. We've separated my head from the background by shining light on it. So the hair light minus the hair. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, one fill, I had one fill light like this because if you dumb down everything too much, now I would have really dark circles. So what you do is you pop one light like this and it looks silly because you're just like, I don't see any, there's no dimension going on in this, but what it, it is there. It's just, you don't really start to see it till all of a sudden you, uh, stop down that light. That's what it's called. So anyways, back to the phone bit. That's why I, you have to take flashes out with you when you're, you know, wanting to shoot a sunset, you have to hit your subject with a pop of light so now they're bright and the background's bright so that Basically, way like you've dumbed down all the light that's already there well actually you add more you match on, it you match, match it. the light that way when you bring it all down all of a sudden the sky comes back and it's like super vivid colors 
but your subject didn't go pitch black because I added light on them. I had to match the intensity of this so that when I bring it all down to bring that sky and the clouds and all the colors back, I still have plenty of light on them. So like in a situation like this then where there's not a light, you know, that's basically a dark corner, you got one little like. Yeah, you have your one overhead. And this light sucks. Like, right. so with the lights just shooting onto it, would you, would it be better to have them lower and right on our faces then? Well, it depends. Well, that all kind of depends on how much post you're willing to do, but well, it, I'm just, I'm just, I'm literally on my post production is right now. Right now I, this is like, like, this is a, yeah, but I was just like, uh, let's turn like, off the oh, cameras. Post, what is this YouTube you speak? <laughs> um, no, I actually probably would bring them a little closer in, in, because the other thing, what that's going to do is that's going to light up your blue background a little more too. So yeah. now that brings that up. Um, it'll make this sign a little bit brighter. I don't know how bright, bright it's coming out on the web on the episodes yet, but um, yeah, uh, it you don't want to overexpose it. Like you wouldn't want so much light that uh, you start blowing highlights. And what that means is like when I'm out shooting a scene, if I add too much light to whatever okay so like let's say this the sun is facing my subject and if you know it's a certain part of the day where it's extra bright depending on your camera settings um if you blow the highlights you lose that detail um that's why a rule of thumb I, everyone's got their own opinions so i don't want a bunch of people riding me about what this guy does or doesn't know but the, the, worry, what i was always taught i'll take them on uh, what i was always <laughs> taught was um you want to underexpose your photos a little bit so what it is is you add a bunch of light and then you, you, you stop down the camera. So you actually want it to read a little bit on the darker side because you can always bring back shadow in, or details here in the shadow. But once a highlight has gone pure white, like just off the charts, there's no more detail there. You can't bring that back. You can't recover that. Okay. So it's almost like there's it's better to – again, there's more to this concept than just – it's better to shoot darker than brighter. But what I'm saying is when everything's properly lit and you have enough light to do whatever you want, it's better to actually underexpose your shot slightly because you can always bring the details back in the shadow. You can always add a little bit. But once a highlight is like pure white, it's just gone forever. Like there's so nothing. It's better to highlight things after you've you know done the shot. Well, what I mean is you want the detail. Yeah, and then for lack of a better term, you could always add more light to that particular area later. Damn, that's some serious editing. So well, I mean, some people, some of those magazine people, they spend three and four hours on one image, just one image alone, fixing every minute detail. Then, if they're not doing their own, like, um, you know, like color balancing and think color corrections and stuff like that, sometimes then, it, you know, you got some person that's just doing all the fixing of the image, then you got some person that's doing all the color correcting, but usually Jesus. it's one person. But it depends on how big the production is. Like, I, I do my own things. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it can. I tell people all the time it, the the rabbit hole of a good photo and how to make it and do that. You know, if you want to make it, you have no idea how far down that rabbit hole goes. So I like that though. So like, if you, as a professional, not like as a personal person, not personal person. That's a weird thing to say. Personal. But not personally, I like to be in, um, not so personal. Not <laughs> personal. So first, professionally, what makes a photo matter? Like when you take the photo or like when you look at a photo as a professional, what are you looking at? Is it just the lighting? Is it the angle? Like what, what are like three things that make a photo significant as a professional? Deep that's down. a good, yeah, that's a good one. Um, Coming in hot. Well, here's the thing. Like I think the concept and the story have to be the first and foremost. Um, not that you couldn't just 
set out with someone and go take a good image and have yeah. it be really technical sound technically sound and all that stuff but you know what is photography it's you know it's visual communication so first and foremost for me it's what are you trying to communicate if you don't have that then it's just a photo which is not a bad thing but it's mm -hmm. just it's just a photo and then there's varying degrees of was it taken technically sound this that and the other or is it trash or whatever okay but early in my career what saved me is i was i was you know the 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 compliment i used to get the most was adam we like your storytelling and your my abilities weren't there technically speaking when i was younger nor in my career nor did i have all the equipment because as we were just talking about it takes a lot to get all that everyone thinks you know they always want to lowball the photographer because they know, think you just have it and i'm like yeah. you don't know what it took to get here though i was like like well, studio, like musicians, like the studios are the same thing. Like yeah, a lot of these like independent studios. All this stuff, you have no idea what it took to get and here. And this right now is nothing compared to some independent studios oh, I believe do, it. Like, that are still saying, like, I have a long way to go. You know, like what? I have, like, two different types of vocal mics in reality. But, mean, they'll, you, you but they'll have a case of them, meaning just depending yeah. on the voice or the, or the sound they're going for, and they'll swap it out. Yeah. Um, they'll have two and three different drum sets. One's Birch, one's Walnut, or... Yeah, I mean, it, it's the same concept. It just takes time. To and accumulate if, and you know, all and that if you, stuff. Even if you did have the money to, like, invest in all that stuff, you're going to keep getting stuff. You could buy everything you think you well, need and right there's now. Some, and there's, well, because definitely there's some trial and error, which that's the thing is, gosh, I look in my garage, and I have, like, some stuff, photography stuff, where I'm like, what the <laughs> hell was I thinking when I bought this? Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't even use this anymore. Yeah. I have tw 12 reflectors that I don't use, so... I only I have you, one man. now where I'm just like, I have a bag of picks, <laughs> probably about 800 different types of picks. I mean, this is a bag that just sit there and I keep them. And, you know, I have little things like that laying around that like I don't I still use the same pick. I've been using the same pick for like 10 years. You have right? a bag of picks, but you're going to search the studio for that one pick. You're like, where's I have my like and, but I have a separate box for the picks I actually use. Where's my pick? Yeah. No, no, no. Forget that giant trash bag full of them. Where's where's my pick at? So. Well, that's the thing. It's like I, the other day I was trying to record some drum tracks, and I realized I don't have enough mic cables to record my drum tracks because I'm using them for these mics. I got you know this other mic for the YouTube, different YouTube channel. I, you know, I was like, I need more mic cables, and I'm looking at my equipment, like the random stupid shit I've bought over the years. Like, why? I don't even do that anymore because at one time I forget when it was, but I actually went back and kind of totaled what I had spent on spent on like either the. I don't want to just call it dumb shit, but it's just like stuff where you're like, oh. If I would have known now what I knew then, I would just yeah. would not have bought that. Even yeah. if it's only twenty bucks, but it's like you don't even want to know if you can just add up when it, whatever yeah. it is you're doing a studio or for me photography. You just don't want to. You do not want to add up the <laughs> the amount of money of things that you're like I don't even need this. Yeah, that hurts. So, that's, that's a hurtful number. It is. It is. And and that's another thing I was. Um, and photographers still say it today when you're when you're talking to someone that's starting out. It's just like, don't be so worried about the biggest and baddest equipment because. When I first started, I only had, you know, a lot of people, they love to ask me, Adam, I'm looking at this camera, what should I get? Oh, gosh, that's such a tricky subject because brands, okay, people, gosh, people, that's like that's like the PC and the Apple question where it's like, oh, well, this does, oh, for God's sake, shut up. It's a camera. Yeah. Sony, Nikon, Canon, whatever. Nikon, depending on what part of the world you're from technically it's nikon but um 
It's all the same thing. It's relatively all the same. It's how, yes, one shoots maybe a little bit more warmer skin tones just naturally, and one shoots a little more whatever. But nothing you can't do. It's nothing that you could not duplicate or correct or fix or whatever. Or when I say fix, I mean like you could just tweak a few settings in camera. Oh, it's not even a post thing. No, no, no. Yeah, a lot of times it's uh, – there's a shirt that I saw the other day that I think it, I think is really funny. It says everyone's a photographer. And you know like the, the that weird top dial where it says like S-P-A-M, you know, blah, 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 all these yeah. things. So M means manual and it says – so it's just that dial and it says everyone's a photographer until – and it's just turned to M because – most people that buy DSLRs, oh, they just... are scared shitless of, of shooting in manual, which is the only way I shoot. Because it gives you the most control over your shot. So you decide everything. Well, everything. White balance, shutter speed, ISO, whatnot. Um, but fancy. when I say correct it, I mean, you could just, like, let's say a Canon shoots, because if I remember right, I think Canon shoots a little more to the magenta side, whatever. And Nikon kind of shoots a little more to the, like, the warm side, so, like, um, when I say warm or cool, that usually means like blue or orange. So it kind of yeah. shoots a little more to the warmer side. Um, something like that. But the point is you could literally just tweak a few things in camera and you could make a you could make a Nikon shoot just like a Canon straight out of the box. You'd have to change a couple things, but it's nothing that you couldn't fix in camera and then start shooting and the pictures would look identical. Back in the day the or the big thing was for a while there, like the reason Canon was such a big kind of dominated the market for a little bit sony was in like dead last because all they made was like pocket cameras they didn't make dslrs nikon was in second because for a while there nikon didn't shoot video and um, that's become like now everyone yeah. everyone shoots video everyone can shoot for freaking 3d 8k who cares what it is everyone can so shoot it this is great because when i got the setup i was going for a gopro i wanted a 4k gopro first off i had no fucking clue what 4k actually was I was just like, it's what everyone says is the best. Right. So, and I, you know, I have a gift card to Target, and they sell GoPros. I'll get a GoPro. So I bought a GoPro, and I put it for like a wide shot, and it was just fisheye bullshit. When it, I found it, out what four, one, yeah. When I found out what 4K was, I was like, it's a YouTube channel. Like, I was like, all right. And then I did one bit of like one minute of research. I was like, oh, lighting will just make it look even better. So I bought these two cameras for a ridiculously good price, and I got these lights for seventy bucks. And I'm like, oh, this is much easier than what everyone else was saying. It's, so yeah, that, this is, I'm glad that's that why I said YouTube. You're, you're saying this. YouTube. It, what's crazy is also the problem with photog like the 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 world of photography in general. And it's not that it's a problem. It goes. It, you know, I actually just went to a workshop for a friend of mine. I went out there to support him. Not that he couldn't teach me, because he definitely could, but I wasn't there to be taught. I was there more to support him and yeah. be another body and just kind of, you know, whatever. And I, I won't say I any play names, dirty but, bars. I know how it yeah. feels to have extra bodies. <laughs> yeah. You're like, can you just bring people? The tickets are actually, uh, we have, we're on in about 30 minutes. The tickets are now free. Uh, just bring people. <laughs> you know, I've never sold the tickets I was supposed to, and I still don't know how I feel about those decisions. Oh, <laughs> I actually don't know how I feel about that. Um, so he said, uh, something cause he shoots out, uh, in another state, uh, but he's a very well-known photographer in that state. And, um, he even said, cause we sat down to after dinner, after his uh, conference and he's all, it's crazy because, you know, and he's a little bit older than me. He's in his early forties, but he was like 20 years ago, you know, it was only me in this particular giant area, you know, me, I forget the figure. I think he said it was only me and a hundred other photographers. Oh, wow. Damn. He's all, now it's me and 15,000 other photographers. And that's just because the tech has become cheaper. Information, you, like you don't have to go to photography school anymore. If you, 
if you had the wherewithal to know where to look or invest smaller amounts of money, because here's the thing, these people put out these workshops and you know, they record the content once and that's why they sell it so cheap is because if they, if they, if they appeal to the masses, meaning you're not teaching just a classroom of 40 where you have to charge them a ton. You can, you can charge 10,000 people $20 just to view this class. Yeah. So what it is is the information on how, where, when, why, all that good stuff has become a little bit cheaper. The tech has definitely become cheaper. I mean, people can buy cameras today that, gosh, my first camera, like I probably paid twice as much as people pay today, and they have five times the power I had. So meaning just sensor, uh, yeah. you know, how many, you know, I think, gosh, my camera back then was what, 12 megapixels or so, maybe. And that was like for a DSLR. So it sounds like a lot. And it is if it's like a pocket camera. But so now what's like the. Well, mine, mine is, I forget the exact number. Mine's pushing 40 megapixels. So it blows it out of the water. Yeah. So like the, you know, my Nikon shoots, d depending on the image, because it kind of depends on the content, meaning lots of black or lots of white or the amount of information. But I've had files in there straight out of camera that are 70, 80 megabyte files just for one image. Whereas like my very first camera, one image would be like, you know, I don't know, maybe like at full size and everything. I feel like it, maybe it was like 16 megabytes at, at most. So it's wow. seven times. They're just, it's huge. It's, just, so, it's changed so much. And yeah. We're able to do a lot more. Yep. And I, that's my, this is now the end of scene one where I've rabbit trailed and I've lost, no, this I've is, lost my way back to my original so point. This is so great though. I love this. I've lost my way back to my original point though, which I was talking about. What makes a photograph matter as a professional? Right. Well, nope. I I done tangent tangented if that's a word. I just spun right off of that. No. You tangented, tangented <laughs> off. Uh, there were many tangi. Yeah, that's the plural. <laughs> tangi is plural. Uh, um. <laughs> oh, that's uh, this is pretty valuable information. This is photography class for everyone. I it like is. this. Um, so other than telling a story. Oh yeah, telling a story. So um, I would say that's first and foremost because, like I said, it's visual communication. Um, think about it. Even magazines, they know exactly what they are communicating. If it's like makeup or whatever, yeah, why yeah. do you think the makeup is so key and done so well and the editing was four hours, meaning for every single eyebrow on their face or vein in their eye, everything's perfect to, to highlight you know, whatever it is. So same thing with me, even though I'm doing, you know, normally weddings and events, it's like, I have to be able to tell a story. So for me, well, that's what I was going to ask. Cause like, it's different to like set up a shot to take and then to have people just living their lives and experiencing something. It's like capturing a moment. So how do you, where does your creativity as a professional come into that? Like, where do you, cause they've already done their makeup. They chose their dresses and their suits and the scene, like you show up and you have to bring something to the table. What right. Well, that's where I have to, we're digging deep well it's not that it's just i don't want to start diving off any topics that it's it's not that they're it's to. not that they're <laughs> taboo but it's just all right here we go yeah <laughs> okay so a lot of people like i said they a lot of photographers in my opinion because i was raised kind of the old way whatever i was raised a little more old school with how to expose images and this that and the other but like one thing that's kind of weird for me right now and even I've taken a few shots like this, but it's definitely not my forte, which is that really light and bright. Everything is super light and bright. You can see it kind of all over the engagement world. And it is, it is a style. 
Is it kind of like the portrait setting on iPhones? Is that what you're talking about? Sort of. Sort yeah. of like that, but even more so. Like you can see it. Like people at the beach and just look in the sky. Is there even a sky? It's just gone. Gone. Blown. Blown out. And that's because they're daylight photographers. And that's okay because – but I have to shoot daylight at weddings and stuff. But what I will – and what it is is they've cranked up the settings to make the people look good. So, that you know, they've turned up the ISO or slowed down the shutter. They're allowing more light into that sensor so that you look illuminated. But if you're pointing your camera into the sun, which is already illuminated, and you're trying to pump in more light to illuminate your subject, what's going to happen to that sky? When you add light to light, it's just going to be like poof, gone. So how do you handle that when you're running around taking pictures at a wedding? Well, that's the thing is I do it all the all – the, I don't – you know, people that – that light and bright look in in it, it is thing. I'm not saying that their their images aren't pretty. I'm not even saying that there's not a story. But I'm just saying, but it can't only be that. I mean, there has to be other elements to it. And so, that ultra light and bright aspect, which is fine. I, I personally feel like that's going to be a phase. And any photographer out there that wants to say that it's not, I will challenge you to that till the day I die, because, ten years ago I was doing things that I don't do anymore. Yeah. For God's sakes. No, no one's doing sepia with vignettes anymore. Where it's just oh my god, sepia! I forgot about that. I was I see I was Thank when you. that was famous. I was like fourteen, and MySpace was out. All right, that's when that was going on. All right, we're leaving. You said we're leaving ages and all, and just there's no discrimination here, so we're not going to talk about age. <laughs> but I will agree with that statement. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm a youngin, as they say, I guess. So, um. So that's that's a perfect example of there are trends in the all industries. Like think about it, even when you guys are mix, people mix a certain way. Oh my God, yeah. Like why do you think the '80s were called an '80s? They were everything was electronic and tur- you know tuned a certain way or well, whatever. Well, even the the type of like compressors and effects they use. Like there's a guy named uh, I forgot his first name, but it's Maserati, not the car. But there's a guy, edit, guy that edits tracks. He has Maserati, and he has there's uh, plugins with his actual like compressors and different things like that, and. It's very much you can hear the time difference, like what era it's from, as opposed to now. No, you can you can usually listen. Now, don't get me wrong, because people would say, Adam, not all like electronic sounds were from the '80s. What about what about Van Halen? Okay, I get it. Different genres, but what I'm saying is, when you hear that very stereotypical, like delayed electronic guitar sound, yeah, you know that clean, but it has that kind of almost like the edge that delay. You could be like, oh, that's probably late '80s to early '90s. You can just mm-hmm. pinpoint what time frame it came from. Well, it's like music. the whole prodigy, nine inch nails, like exactly. that whole that whole scene. Which I fucking I mean, nine inch nails tattoo on my damn arm. I love that. I mean, I love prodigy too. But yeah, you Rip. hear that, you're like, that wouldn't be done today. No, it's just not the thing. But so. in the t- but it, I mean, it withstood the test of time. But that's music we're talking about, right? You know, so even though of- music, photo, everything, you know, it's always going to have an ebb and a flow to it. But but here's the one thing: tradition. I this is this is where I'm not. I'm not. So I'm not like a, a, a massive student of photography to the point where it's like I went and got a bachelor's in fine art. Nope. I'm actually all self-taught. So Well, it's uh, nice to hear that a self-taught photographer knows his shit. Uh, some. I The biggest thing is usually what comes across is I can show you or I can do it, but for me to try to explain what I want to explain, sometimes I'll get a little caught up there where I'm like, let me show you. So well, from this end, it sounds like you know what you talk about. <laughs> I know, I know more than some and less than some. So, um, so the thing is, is I shoot what I call like a traditional, like a color palette. I like to have detail in the sky. I like to have colors. 
doesn't mean that it has to be like over vivid or oversaturated. And I'm not like pumping extra color into the images. I just like my images to have color. There's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with that. Um, but that light and bright look where, again, all you have to do is you just type in Instagram, like hashtag wedding. You'll find it. Like I said, first dead giveaway, most of the 90% of the sky is gone. I was just like, at a wedding this last weekend. Now I just really want to look at the photos. Yeah. So again, <laughs> if that is what you like, that's like that. Well, here, that's like telling someone that liked um, Tears for Fears or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not how it's. That's what they like. It's fine. You yeah. know what I mean? So I'm not here to tell people what they do and don't like. I'm just saying, but that light and bright, if that's all you do and that's all you know how to do, when I was coming up, that just meant you didn't know how to expose the, the image properly. Well, it's no different than like any other trade. It's like, look, you, you can have a preference, but if you're hired for a job, it's like I would never step into the studio musician world and say, hey, I'm a studio guitar player. One, because I can't sight-read notes right off the bat if I walk right. into a place that said no. No, because they'd be like, read this, and if you can't, they'd be like, there's the door. And two, it's like I'm not, you know, I'm not trained enough in certain genres to be able to sit down. In some genres, yeah, I could fucking be, make a killing. But, you know, I've, I've worked with some really great studio players. I mean, Matt Bissonette, he plays a bass for Elton John. I met him years ago. He recorded on a few tracks of mine that we worked on. Nicest guy ever. I mean, this guy walked in, sat down and talked to me, had a full and focused conversation while my song that he's never heard, which is full of jazz chords, is playing. And he's just writing on a, pen, on a piece of paper, not even looking at it, the charts to the song. And then in three takes, we were out. Like that, that's, I can't do that. So I'm not going to claim that. But it doesn't make me a bad guitar player. Sure. You know, but I'm also not going to go out and say, hey, pay me to do this one job. You can pay me to play shows. You can pay me to play on your record or things like that. But to say I strictly do studio work and I can do anything you want, it's like, no. It's maybe it's almost like if you're going to shoot, they're like, hey, I'm a photographer, but this is how I shoot my shots. Right. You know, that might be a little bit better approach. Well, and again, I'm not knocking the style. I'm just it is a definite trend, in my opinion. Like in 10 years, I don't think I think when everyone looks back and sees all those images, they're going to be like, everything's just ultra white. <laughs> it looks like a nuclear blast went off. Um so I think that – so the thing is with my kind of more traditional color palettes, like I said, I'm looking at your outside here. It's like you know, beautiful green bushes, purple flowers. Okay, if I make that ultra bright, now that's lime green bushes with sort of purple flowers with like uh, – you know, they're mostly white with a hint of purple. It's like I've just changed the entire scenery by doing that. Yeah. Well, the reason I don't do that is because is that person's tux really that color? I mean obviously the dress is white. Okay, what about flowers, though? You pump a bunch of light into that image, you red now becomes that. pink. Pink now becomes white. You know what I mean? Like, So you're, you're in, in a way, you're sort of changing the color palette that these people put all this money into. And that's what you were talking about. Like, that's not something you can yeah, change. Yeah, no, no. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I shoot traditional, meaning I light thing, I illuminate things properly so that I'm not changing people's color palettes. I'm not losing the sky. I want... I just want everything to be as true to the eye as what I what I saw with my own eyes. Because I'm going back to, you have to remember, your eyes are the, like, watch. Um, this room as an example, like, you can see this blue curtain behind me, and out of your peripheral vision, you can see that white light there, and you can see this white thing, this uh, sign here, right? Mm -hmm. You can see a brown table here. You can see a black mic here. The problem is if you point your camera at this scene, or if you, so imagine you're the camera. Like, our eyes are adjusting to multiple different, shadows and highlights all simultaneously not to mention not to mention depths of field which means like right now you're looking at me my eye my face is sharp but you can still see this mic whereas if this was a camera 
this mic would already be blurry if you were sharpened on my face or vice versa. To focus. So yeah. meaning like we can see way more than a camera can see. So you point a camera at this scene right here, it's gonna see this highlight right here. It's gonna start stopping down the light. This is gonna go pitch black. You might not even see it. You might see a little bit here, but you won't see anything on this side because it's gonna take the brightest objects and start crushing them down on purpose. Okay. So the problem is when you're, you know, when you're at a wedding or, the, or an event, you're a bride or groom or a guest or whatever, we see all these things. We see the sunset happening and it looks awesome. We see that the bride's dress is still white. We see that the groom's wearing light gray, not dark gray. You know, we can see all this visually and I try to keep that as true as possible. So if I have to illuminate certain things from the front side, or from the backside, meaning like if I backlight you, you know, that means the light's behind you. So if I have to add light somewhere to equal something out so that the photos look like it did with my eyeball, that's what I'm going to do. So, okay, so Daniel, take that concept. So the idea of adding your creativity to the photo, you put it on manual, which means you're controlling how the photo is going to be taken, right? You want to capture what you right. see, but you're controlling how it's being taken. So what kind of like what kind of lighting i mean say you, you have the sun out you're taking pictures you're manually doing it so what kind of moods go with the lighting so if it's super light you know the the sky is like totally white like you're saying like that obviously evokes a certain emotion with the photograph sure and if you capture what you're talking about more like balanced colors and you really want to target what is actually in front of you how does that change the emotion like what, what do you think about when you say like why am i doing that what is that what are they going to look at and feel when they look at this photograph well, that's exactly what I ask myself when I'm taking it. Or, well, here's the thing. As the storyteller, I have to, what am I trying to make them feel? So do you think they're going to be, you're going to feel closer and more back to that moment if it's more the natural colors? Just Ideally, okay. that's that's usually what I gravitate towards. That's got to be much harder to do, though, right? I mean, if you're Well, yeah, because any, again, I'm not downplaying the people that shoot light and bright. I mean, if that's your bread and butter and that's your style, and I personally just think it's a very easy style to shoot. Um, if everything's as long as the subjects look like look nice, it's kind of like we sacrifice the background at all costs. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't like that. So mm -hmm. in theory, I think that is the you're capturing more of the moment is what you're saying, right? Like physically more of the moment. Yeah, I want to see everything. I want to see everything. And but like I said, I'm not I'm not trying to go down because there's a billion things that people could knock me on with my work. Every there, and that's why I try not to go into this, and that's why I'll never name names or anything. I just say genres yeah. and styles. This is my opinion, um, because there's always someone better. Gosh, yeah. my buddy, I just went and hung out. He can shoot hula hoops around me. I have mentors out there that I look up to that are just seriously make my work look like child's play. So, but out of all that, I'm just saying when you don't know how to use, when you don't know how to bring artificial light into a, a scene to do what you need it to do to make it look properly exposed. That's like the job, though. It's a lot of the job, isn't it? You would think so, but no. I, I'm like, I'm calling that. I'm not a photographer. <laughs> All you photographers, come my way. I'll, I'm sure I would love to hear what you have to say about this. But yeah. if you're a photographer, lighting is like a. That's pretty much. That's like me knowing how to use both hands. I can't just use the left hand. But there's guys that just do like pull off stuff. But come on. Like it's you're taking. That's just me. I mean, I'm. I'm there are, I'll but say there it. are photographers that only like to shoot in the shade because it's very easy. Easy. It's very evenly lit. They're afraid of broad daylight, or they're afraid of finding a way to mimic. The thing is, the the one thing about light is it's directional. It's actually really easy to understand. It moves in one way. Yeah. If it hits a white wall, 
it's going to keep going, but it can't. So it goes, it yeah. moves one direction. You know what I mean? It, you don't have to worry. Like it, these lights right now aren't going that way to the other side of the room. It's only coming this way. Yeah. So I don't know. I just feel like for people that only shoot that particular, like, I feel like you need to, like, don't be afraid to open up and uh, like hone your craft a little bit. That'd be like you only learning, only learning jazz. Yeah. Now, if again, that's where I said, if it's your bread and butter, whatever, that's fine. If you are a paid jazz musician, then totally. But I guarantee you, but you take a- you take any jazz musician that is, you can't tell me that in their their spare time or on other people's albums or some, they're not playing something that's not jazz. Yeah. They know their craft. Well, it's all it's also like as a, as a creative person, as you know, let's take guitar for example. As a guitar player, it's like you fall in love with guitar. You fall in love with playing guitar. Yeah. You can prefer a certain style, but you don't just say I only play this because that's what works. Like you're making money doing that. But you're not gonna like never play anything else, you know. I play. I have a si- assortment of acoustic guitars. I play all kinds of stuff. You should see my fucking metal rig. I, I mean, it. <laughs> it's insane, you I know. Believe it. Like, <laughs> I did tracks with some EDM guys one time, you know. You know those electronic dudes. It's like it's. I, lo- I love to do it. It's, it's more that I love to play guitar, and it's like, you know, like when I pick up a guitar, it's easy to say you bring your creativity because the guitar itself makes sound. You just have to choose which notes and what expresses yourself. With the camera, it's like now the camera does so much for you, like that you know super bright light thing that you can just like angle it just enough, learn just enough to take the picture and make it look good, right? So doesn't isn't the whole point of being a photographer to know how to use the camera that's in your hand? Because the technology gets better, it should make certain things easier, right? Like you should be able, you shouldn't have to worry about people walking by and being blurred out. You know, it's, it's only, I think that's something that is really important with the technology. But controlling what the shot is going to look like, well, eventually, here's the thing. Isn't that your job? Yeah, <laughs> but eventually the cameras are, will become so good that um, I don't want to say anyone can do it but i'm just saying think about it if all you had to do was worry about telling a story and you never had to learn just wait for the right moments and press click and that's fine because the camera will literally do the west um there is a it was an article i read um some students at mit um i don't know how obviously this camera will probably never see the light of day it's one of those things that probably got crushed by the camera companies. It's like it's like hydrogen cars and the gas companies. They'll never let it happen. Yeah. So it's one of those. They made a camera that would not overexpose, meaning I could turn up the camera to make you look as good as I want it, and the sky will still be rich blue. You don't lose anything. It will not overexpose. How the fuck they do that? I stopped reading because I was like, I'm going to vomit. <laughs> you don't even have to try anymore. I want to know the science behind that. I don't know. Well, the only well, well, the thing is, is the storytellers will still be separated because if you if you suck at, at telling a story, then you suck. Like, well, it's like take the shredders. Like those guys that can shred better than any technical geniuses, but they can't write for shit. No one's yeah. buying their albums. No one's streaming their stuff, right? Unless, except for our, us guitar nerds. Because you want to hear it. Yeah, but then like we listen to three songs, like all right, I'm gonna go put Zeppelin on. Yeah. Well, exactly, because yeah. they were they were storytellers back then. So. Interesting. It's kind of yeah. It has that. It's very like that artsy side of it, where it's like no matter how technical it gets, you're still gonna have the people that just they're talented. They know what they're doing. They're good at it. Damn. Okay. So let's let's walk through the scenario of a wedding. We go to a wedding, right? You uh, you're taking because that's what you you do that. That's what we mainly do, Mostly right? Mostly I do that. Yeah. Is uh, is there well, first off? Is there a reason that you only do ma- uh, mainly do weddings? I fell into honestly fell into it on accident. Um, 
there's some pros and cons to only doing stuff like that. Like I shoot on location, so I don't really need like a brick and mortar studio. I'm not a studio photographer. I have plenty of stuff in a small space to shoot studio work. Mm-hmm. So that's that because I was just at a studio today um, shooting um, for a charity and it's a, it was a massive building. And I'm just like, in my brain, I'm just going, I can't imagine what the rent is on this place. Yeah. So, um, I, but the pros are I get to travel a lot. I get to go to a lot of cool destinations to shoot weddings. I don't just do them locally. But um, as far as how it was honestly by accident and then kind of – I'm. I think everyone, you and everyone at the gym knows that I'm pretty extroverted. So it's yeah. an understatement. <laughs> um, I, I shot my friend's wedding um, after. So I, well, this is, I mean, this is what I tell my clients. So I'll just tell, tell you. So when me and my wife got married, we, uh, I was 21. We were mostly, we came from pretty humble families. Uh, it's not like we were loaded or anything. So. We had to pay for a lot of it ourselves, and um, we I didn't know any better. I wasn't in photography when I got married. I didn't know any better. I was just a normal consumer like half the people I'm dealing with, so didn't know what to ask. And here's the other thing is all the information that's available today, like these websites and reviews, that wasn't there. That wasn't there 15 yeah. years ago. It really wasn't. Um, now people can go on, the, on sites like The Knot, you know, like Tie The Knot, thenot.com. You can literally find out anything you want to know on a photographer. Back then, it was all still mostly word of mouth. It's not that these sites didn't exist, but they were still in their you know, fairly like infant stages. Yeah, the internet wasn't what everyone went to. Not, not the information in database. Pockets. Yeah, now it's everywhere. It's literally in the palm of our hands. Yeah. So um, the short, I'll just kind of signpost it with a short, short route. I mean, we yeah. ended we ended up going with a photographer and uh, apparently had many, many years under the belt, but it was a studio. Well, here's the thing. Weddings are mm-hmm. not a studio. Yeah, wedding and weddings, in fact, are the only type of photography, in my opinion, unless you're shooting like straight up, um, you know, you're in the trenches shooting like a war, like photojournalism style for Time magazine or something. That's chaos. You know what I mean? Like you're dodging yeah. rounds and ducking out grenades. But um, weddings are chaos. They're controlled chaos, but they're chaos, meaning when it's a studio and, you know, it's a family of four and perfect lighting and you're the boss and you can shoot for two hours if you want you can get what you want but weddings you know where i these are i'm going to name off things that have all happened the bride's dress literally ripped down her rib cage and we had to wait 40 minutes to find a seamstress that could sew her into her dress mom is 47 minutes late two portraits like all these things it's like an artist that'd be like go make a song right now but you actually have three and a half minutes and go yeah you might be able to scrape something together. It'll be like a little jingle on the piano and a power chord, and then you <laughs> smash your guitar over the table, and that's it. Yeah. So. Um, yes. I like the little end part there. Yeah. I don't know why you have to destroy a guitar, but in my brain you did. It's <laughs> for the emphasis. So. Okay. Um, but there are times where I don't get to be the artist I want. Yeah. I really don't, and that's because there's too. I am. The photography is a big part of the day, but. I don't get to dictate the day. Now, there are some photographers that will impose their will and stuff like that, and that's where you start reaching a lot of, like, conflict and clashing. And Which you, you can, don't need anymore no, in a freaking wedding. Holy no, and you don't. I mean, you can ask it. You, you, nobody has to search very far to find some friend, family member, or somebody that didn't enjoy 
one or two or even more aspects of their wedding for a, a bunch of reasons. Photography is one of them. Either they were pushy, either they they shot the whole day so I feel like I wasn't even at my party or got to see my friends because they turned it into a production. So you, you might have great images, but you weren't even there. So they better be really good. So yeah, things I've like that. that a lot. Well, I think of, yeah, it's like where the bride and groom go. Oh, they're taking. Yeah, photos. it's like, like watch. We're all sitting. Salads have hit the, the table. Salads have hit the table, and uh, food's getting ready. And the bride and groom still aren't here yet. It's okay. The wedding I was at, the bride and groom left uh, early, like an hour early before the wedding ended, to go to In and Out and take some shots. That's sick. See, I like that kind of stuff. I, th- I, I thought, thought that was pretty cool, but beforehand it was like it was really cool. They were there for the speeches, but like there was this giant mountain. We were in Petaluma, right outside Sonoma. Mm-hmm. And it was it was the it was fucking talk about a fairy tale wedding, man. Just two people that came from very he- healthy, good families with no divorces, no you know, like just totally wholesome. Just, just wholesome. Everything was so wholesome. good. It was really nice for me to see. You know, so I was like, wow, this is this is possible. Anyway, beautiful fairy tale wedding, but you're like, this is real. Yeah, I. That, it's for not me, TV. I was like, people it's do not, this. Yeah, it's, t- it's not TV. Um, but they were up on a mountain taking pictures. Uh, a lot of the time, and they, not a lot of people got to mingle with them. And I was like, man, if I got married, I'd want to be talking to everybody, yelling at the microphone, you know, just well, it's and, my day to do that. And on that, I mean, that's why I coach my clients, even before they're my clients, I say, unless you come from truly an infinite amount of money, and even they have bad days sometimes, even when your wedding is a million dollars, it can still be extremely stressful. Yeah. And usually that comes with a certain type of clientele where they're not happy anyways, and blah, blah, blah. I won't even go down that road, but I'm just <laughs> saying is, I always tell people pick your top three things that you got you have to have. I like that. Within reason, I'm not saying just let anything else happen to the rest of it, but I'm saying within reason, just let the rest of the call the cards fall where they may because you don't have a five hundred thousand dollar budget. So if your top three things are I want really good food, really good music, and really good photos, pick those. Flowers are flowers. Guess what? They'll be dead by midnight anyways. Yeah. You know, things like that. Cake, great. Most of it gets chopped up and handed out, and you can just see cake literally laying all over the place. And I don't even eat cake. You don't eat cake? Not really. There's only one cake I like. What cake do you like? Nothing but cake. Oh, man. Oh! I will eat an entire cake of that. Dude, I, they had nothing but cake at the wedding. Yeah, and you'll eat the whole thing. Yeah, and you'll eat all of them. So their their frosting is magical. See, I don't like the cream cheese frosting thingy. <laughs> gotta go. this is I'm the this only is person. This is where this is over. I'm just gonna dump that on there. And kill this interview. It's over. No, but their cakes are really yeah. wonderful. So, um, but stuff like that where I'm like, you know, a normal tiered cake, they'll spend sometimes a thousand or more on that thing, and it's just like, I look around you. Well, well, all I'm trying to say is, next time you go to a wedding, honestly, when the reception's going, just look around. I wish we did this before this fucking wedding, because this wedding really was fairy tale. I mean, it was incredible. It. But I wish I had talked to you before this. I would have been totally looking at Well, no, stuff. because then you would be – it's like the curtain in Oz. Like I, I'm pulling the curtain back. So you'd have been looking at all the technical stuff, I, what's uh, going on or not going on. And you'd be like, Adam said this would happen. My girlfriend was the maid of honor too, so I was yeah. nice and up close. No, but – okay, so the cake thing. Honestly, it'll be chopped up, and you'll just see a sea of cake because they just start handing it out, all the tables. You know, let's say there's mm. six people here. It's like one, two, three, four. Notice how many pieces are still sitting there. They don't gather that back up and put it in a box and send it home. It goes yeah. in the trash. That's literally taking money and just uh, now again. I'm not saying don't have a cake. I'm not saying don't have a flowers. I'm just saying 
Invite me to your wedding. I promise Thank I will you. eat all the pieces of cake. I will eat all the cake, especially if it's nothing but cake. Yeah. Just cupcakes I will, I will just sit there and finish everything for you. No, I'm just going to find you in the corner in like a just, sugar diabetic coma. Yeah, my buttons are going to be all opened yeah. up. No, just exploded, gone. Like, in fact, you'll see one embedded in the stucco over there. And so, um, so I always tell my clients, you know, pick three things. I wouldn't. I didn't do that. I tried to kind of do it all. Like I was. What happens is, is those weddings usually most of the money, like for us, what I call normal common folk. You know, the problem is most of our budget usually goes, literally, just to the venue and the food. And you have to ask yourself, it's like, is that you know, if you are one of these people that fall under the realm of what I call normal people, um, is that what you want? I mean, you're literally paying for. I'm not saying don't buy them dinner, but I'm saying they get so consumed with that, like. Yeah, giant get it's giant guest list where I'm a realist, especially when it kind of comes to money and stuff. If I could go back and do it again, my guest list would not be what it what it was. How many people all. would you have? Oh gosh, we come from big families, oh, and sure. I'm not saying I would start cutting them, but truly, we already we didn't have that many friends there. But if I could go back and do it again, honestly, it would be destination. I'd take my top, and it's not that I don't want other people to come. It's just what it is is going hindsight twenty twenty. I recognize the cards that I was dealt financially. Yeah. I would play them a lot smarter. Yeah. So instead of spreading it in, insanely thin, I would just I would concentrate it. Take like top thirty or forty people. Let's all go on vacation somewhere you know, all inclusive, somewhere beautiful. Get great photos, but we're not destroying the bank, and and maybe even come back and just do like a reception party here. Or yeah. something where you could just. I always like that when people like do the ceremony, like they get married with a small group of people, like you know they want there, and then everyone's invited to the reception. Here's a buffet, like you know it's it's always more. Uh, Armenians do that a lot. I come, come from an Armenian family, and they have these. A lot of them will do small ceremonies, like three hour small ceremonies, so traditional. But I'll tell you what, the fucking receptions, man. There's like three hundred people there. There's just Armenian kebabs coming out on the thing, just thousand people dancing. It's. I mean, it, and it honestly, the price for that comes out almost less than some of the other weddings I've been to. Oh yeah, well yeah, because a lot of weddings, and I'm I'm not saying these catering companies don't deserve it. They're truly, I've had food that I'm just like, wow, this is phenomenal. But I want to say like the average nowadays, it's it's always moving upwards, and I want to say like the average nowadays is like at least eighty ahead, if not a hundred. Holy shit! Somewhere in there, that seems to be like the kind of the going rate. So I mean, imagine, think about it. If you have, well, for a good good meal, I mean, you know, if they're doing salads, it's uh, if if there's wait staff, if there's now if it if it's just that. the dishes where you go get your own, I'm, there's probably a severe, there's probably like a better price point for that. Um, but but again, hindsight twenty twenty, if I could do it again, I would take somewhere between twenty and forty people, somewhere beautiful. Let's all go on vacation. We're all friends, close friends or family. Have a great time do the ceremony we all stay for a few more days you guys go home i fly somewhere else so boom um i give that advice to my clients all the time i'm not trying to make them take me somewhere tropical i'm saying like take it from adam the groom not adam the photographer like do yourself a favor Well, it's also like if you're gonna if your venue is gonna be something that's important to you i feel like photography is gonna come with that like hey if i'm putting so much money into a venue well you would think yeah i mean that kind of goes hand in hand in my opinion yeah, usually, well, normally people that have, like, a really gnarly setup, like, visually, usually photography is right there because they want that captured. Um, and I'm back. So my <laughs> wedding, so my wedding, um, it, the long story short was, you know, uh, 
my wife didn't really even, uh, it's tricky. She didn't even really get one photo of her and her dad coming down the aisle. And Whoa. the photos, without getting too technical, they were shot in camera. Like imagine you record something on the highest settings so it sounds phenomenal and then you dumb it down later for whatever reason. So that's, you know, like high res, low res type things. So okay. low resolution means that um, it works fine for screens. Um, like even videos, a lot of times, you know, those little like 240 and 360 YouTube videos. Yeah, they look fine. Now you wouldn't blow it up to a 70 inch screen. It's not gonna look very good. Yeah. So photos, um, low res looks great on phones and screens and all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. They just don't look good on paper. So 72 Damn, PPI yeah. okay. or DPI, depending on the, I don't even know who made that difference, but pixels per inch or dots per inch. 72 is for screens. This is 300. Oh, that's low res, right? No, this is high res. Uh, whatever low, small thing. No, but what I'm saying is to go on paper, anything printed, 300 PPI to give you the same exact look as a 70. So this is this on your screen will be 72 dots per inch. Okay. And it'll look just like this. So I have like, like a number what? of different sizes of that logo. Right, and thing. for different things. So like here, this is a great example. Have you ever tried to print something off the internet or off like Facebook and it looks like garbage? Mm-hmm. And like people will try to print a photo off Facebook and it looks like watercolors and you're just like, oh, this is terrible. Yeah, like, yeah it's low res. When you they don't do it anymore. But remember when you would upload a, a, a photo to Facebook and it would say processing, it was literally dumbing it down to low res to save space. So Jesus. now, um, that's why it says the photo's too big to put or whatever. Or that that's always limitations. So um, they were actually shot in the camera on low res, which means you oh, can take a high res image here and dumb it down later. You can't take a low-res image here and make it high later. Wow. There's just not enough information. It's been, like, compressed and all Damn. this other stuff. They're actually shot in low-res. Um, we got, no joke, somewhere between 50, 50 and 70 images. That's it for the entire day. Holy crap. That's taken in, like, the three steps walking down the aisle. And, uh, again, not one of her and her dad coming down the aisle. The, the real big kick in the balls there was her dad passes like six months late, later of stage four liver cancer. So, Jesus. Uh, it's just one of those things. Like, I learned a pretty hard lesson where it's like – but it's the lesson I learned. Someone that hasn't had something like this probably doesn't feel the same gravity that I do regarding this situation, which is – photos are not just photos of me. These are legacies. Like, this is – Especially when it comes to something like your wedding images. I mean, we all like to think this is only going to happen once. So they're pretty important. But the well, one thing is – tattooed on there. So. Yeah, but the one thing is um, you have to remember uh, Father Time beats us all in the end. No one – no, I always – you can't – don't take yourself too seriously. You never – no one gets out alive, you know, type thing. Yeah. So eventually the longer time goes on, more and more people that you have in these images will be gone. So even – I tell my clients all the time, I'm like, even one day you will pass this down to the kids and grandkids. We won't be here anymore, but me, so us three, you know, I, you know, usually I'm sitting with a couple, us three won't be here anymore, but the photos will. Yeah. These aren't just photos. This is, this is like an heirloom, like a legacy. This is something you're going to pass down. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I, why was I telling you about my experience now? Well, we were going to talk about a wedding scenario, but you were telling me why you, uh, shoot weddings. Oh, so I had a terrible, basically, here. 
home plate. Ooh, I'm coming in. sliding in hot right now, which is not a great experience. You know, with this my is a lot photos. more fun because usually when we when I run into you in the gym, we're both like trying to work out, and then we get we get on the, the same like tangent, and like ten minutes go by, and then it's like stressful because we haven't worked out. We're like this those, is like we're, we're meant like to do those this two now. gerbils that are that one is like running circles around the other one, and the other one's just spinning in the middle of the circle, but. <laughs> Usually, I'm the one pedaling so hard, and you're the one just going, let me off. I'm out of here. <laughs> well, because it's always so interesting, but I'm like, I still have to get a pump. Like, let me just work out while I'm listening. Dude, we're getting a verbal pump going right now. Well, like, this is the platform that we don't have to worry about that. We can just, like, let loose. This is great. It's great. I feel pumped right now. Yeah. I feel pumped. <laughs> um, so, anyways, I had that type of experience with my wedding. And so, the way it all, you know, why do, why do I shoot? I didn't mean to. But yeah. shortly after my wedding, I... I was in finances and I picked up my wife had a camera, picked it up, started shooting things. And I was posting it back on MySpace and stuff. Literally nice. just like, this is a, whatever I took. And you know, or I'd take a picture of, um, you know, I, I saw my grandfather with one of his grandkids, you know, it was like a, t I start, I knew that I could see something happening, being able to like translate it from my brain to my hands to the image and all that stuff was different. That kind of came with time, but I could see the story. I'm like, oh, that's cute moment, whatever. Yeah. And I would post things. And so it finally happened where a friend of mine was like, hey, Adam, we know you have that camera. We've seen your images. Do you, do you want to try shooting our wedding? I am fresh off my wedding and my father-in-law passing. I'm like, absolutely not. Nope. No interest in anything wedding-wise. No, I'm not doing that. I, and no, it's like you take out a loan if you have to and hire a professional. Like wow. I knew you don't play around with that. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. We get really close to the wedding, and finally they're just like, Adam, uh, so it kind of seemed like we were joking, but we're not, and we don't have a lot of money, and this is our budget, and it was something silly, like 500 bucks, and they were like, whatever you give us, we know you tried your hardest. And I'm just like, you can't lose. I'm like, oh, damn it. Like that's they literally just gave me a green light to deliver like a trash can full of images. And then you were super inspired to do your best out. And I, I crash coursed <laughs> myself, no joke, over the next two weeks. It's I looked up I looked up every image and article on maybe like how to, you know, best suit the timeline of the day and execute a pro like I did what I could in, in my in the time given. And uh, but what really happened was is I kind of fell in love with the, going back to the whole extrovert thing. It's no secret that Adam's an extrovert. Um, being around people on like a really happy day and no, don't get me wrong. It gets stressful at times, but generally speaking, it's happy. Everyone's having a good time. And I've seen, even though I've seen a groom knock a groomsman out once, that was awesome. That's awesome. So, but normally it's happy. So I've almost seen that. I was part of that wedding party. No, I saw one. He, uh, I don't remember how it actually went down. Cause here I am shooting people on the dance floor. And people have been drinking at this point, so obviously there probably was alcohol involved. But then some girl shows – or it was a bridesmaid – shows up with someone that's, like, not – so someone shows up that's not invited, this, that, and the other. The bride steps in. Well, then she loses it, tells groomsman. He tells him to get out. He's like, you're not – or tells the bride – or grooms. He's like, you know, groom tells him to get out. He's like, you're not even – you're not invited. Oh, take it easy, man. You know, everyone's having a good time. He's like, this, this dude from nowhere is, like, trying to – tell the groom what to think and feel and stuff and then uh some words were exchanged i saw a shove grooms a couple groomsmen step in it turns into one of these like get your hands off me and then finally the groom just decks back and knocks him out knock the guy that showed up out or yeah. the groomsman knock the guy that showed up out there you go and then the groomsman took him out into the hotel lobby now that's an eventful wedding but most of the time they're happy so um so what i'm saying is i like to you know i'm i get to photograph people on a really important day and a happy day and 
I get to meet a bunch of new people and it's like that all the old talk everyone positivity talk everyone's ear off and uh, you're very much like me with strangers I, I don't believe strangers. in strangers I just believe in people I haven't met yet I love talking I just Dude, I was at the fucking wedding table, right? I haven't. Not only have I not met the bridesmaids, you're cutting the my cake. My girlfriend with them. is the fucking maid of honor, right? And she's stressed out beyond belief yeah. because she has to give the speech. And the groomsmen literally referred to each other as the bros, okay? And I was talking to all of them. They were all cops. I mean, I was just no one wanted to talk to me. They're like, "Who is this guy?" I made so many friends outside of that table. It was a great time, but I was just like. I felt bad at one point for trying to talk to people so much. I'm like, they just really don't want to talk to me, but See, I can't me, help it. But I have the golden key to the city. I'm holding a camera. Yeah, but yeah, that's true. Which means no one's going to say that. So I usually just go around making a bunch of new friends. So, But, I mean, that's also part of the networking thing. Because then, well, then they see that the awesome images. They remember they had a good time with me. And then next thing you know, someone else is getting married type thing. So kind of works itself out in the end. So I accident I accidentally fell in love with shooting weddings. So It's also it sounds very lucrative too regarding the photography. Like it's not something that's going to run out, you know. There's seasons. Well, the industry is definitely changing again going back to the tech being so cheap and now there's a billion people. But the weddings people. the one day they're not going to hire some half that shit. That's the one day they're going to give it all for. You would hope so. I just can't see anyone doing that. You just don't know enough people. I guess I'm constantly getting undercut and my legs chopped out from under me, but they don't know any better. The the couple doesn't know any better. All they're most of the time, the couples are just looking at money, the money side of things, but I'm just, sure. but I'm just like, there's so many, let me, let me, let me, let just, me budget your wedding. Let me just you. go into some things right here <laughs> where I'm like, um, you know, things like, uh, do they back up images on site? What couples like couples usually go off of this list that they find on like wedding wire wedding wires top 20 questions ask your photographer I'm like that's the crappiest list I've ever heard of yeah like ask them if they uh, back up their images on site or not well I just I have my memory cards and that just means you haven't been in the game long enough to have something fail on you like I have I remember being two years into my my career here and getting getting home oh you know you know memory card you shoot it says full you swap it out now back then that long ago i was probably still shooting on only like two and four gig cards but imagine having a card say full like when you look at the top of your camera so you're like oh and you put it in your card wallet you get home put it in the computer says it's empty what it's devastating how do you tell someone the memory card failed you have to send it off to get like professionally recovered uh, you know, like think like, you know, like when the cops like break in and steal people's things and well, it's been wiped out and they send it off to forensics and they end up repiecing. So you can some you can still get you can savage you salvage some of it. Like I wouldn't say tell someone after they just got married that they don't have any photos. It's one of the not well, not any, but the, that particular portion. Um, usually you can salvage some. It's just one of those things where it's like that's one of those freak anomalies where there are. When I say younger photographers, I don't always mean in age. A lot of times I just mean in career. Yeah. But there is, I've, I've been to weddings where people didn't want me to shoot because I'm a friend and they wanted me to be there. Maybe they couldn't afford me, but whatever. <laughs> but I don't mind. But I'll watch. And it's like I didn't see that photographer go. They'll shoot on these like 256 gig cards. They'll shoot the entire wedding on one card. That that's, is all your terrifying. eggs in one basket. That is meaning terrifying. What happened? Like, think about this. How many times have you had a phone just take a shit on you for no reason? 
You're like, I didn't drop it. There's no water. How many times has the system shut down mid-recording because I was running too many tracks? How many times have I pressed save as every 10 fucking minutes with and different then it, dates and, then, and times on it? And they're not there. Yeah. So, same exact thing. Electronics, meaning memory card, camera, anything. I had a brand new camera. I was replacing one of my bodies, uh, camera bodies last year. $4,500, whatever it was after tax and everything. Day one, out of the box, didn't work. It's out. Granted, I'm under warranty and I can send it back, but imagine. Yeah, but still, you. So, electronics are prone to failure. It's not if, it's when. It could be day one. It could be day 10,000. But the thing is, is like, yes, that cheaper photographer I always tell people just walk away and ask yourself why are they so affordable don't just jump on it because they're affordable mm-hmm. why be smart enough to ask that question here so things like this they're not backing up on site i'm not saying that's most couples probably don't even give a crap but for me that's that's called risk management i back up on site which means i have this little hard drive uh hard drive it has card slots in it when I'm done with a card, I literally pop it in there. I go shoot. When I come back and that light's green, I know that the, the, the data has been duplicated. It doesn't matter if my card gets crushed, stolen, or whatever. I have it in two different locations, whereas they don't. Now, does that mean the memory card's going to fail? No, but you are rolling the dice on that. Yeah. Could it happen to you? Sure. It's probably like winning the lotto. But, but what happens if it's your time? Person. Yeah. Same thing with the camera. Maybe they're cheaper because they don't have all the stuff because as we were saying earlier, it takes yeah. a long time to accumulate. That's why I have three camera bodies. I'm not saying I have it because if one fails, but I'm saying I shoot with two and the third one's there just in case. Yeah. What happens when the camera shuts down? What, are they going to shoot the rest of the day on the iPhone because they're cheaper and they only have three lenses and one camera body? Yeah. They are not. They don't have anything to fall back on. And that's not a diss on them. That just means they haven't been along far well, enough. Go back to the studio guitar player thing. Like, you know, a studio guitar player shows up with, you know, different types of guitars for different sounds. Like, you know, what's the problem? Like, if he walks in, he has to be able to, you know, maybe it's heavy metal track. Maybe it's a jazz track. Maybe it's an acoustic Spanish track. Like, you show up with guitars that you can get a, the widest range of things. You know, if you show up with one guitar, like a Stratocaster that only has a Strat sound, someone's like, oh, no, I want a, you know spanish guitar and the metal track after like well you didn't show up prepared like you should have it's not my well, and that's ultimately what it is is so like i said a lot of the younger more affordable again a million reasons maybe you're maybe they're not paying their taxes who knows maybe they're the type that only get paid in cash or whatever they're just affordable for a bajillion reasons you know what i mean yeah. so you just have to you have to be smart enough to do some research or ask the tough questions on on why why are they so affordable ultimately here's the thing it comes down to what style of work do you like and yeah if you, if you like if you don't like mine then just go find someone that makes you happy i don't but make care. sure they're reliable for what makes you happy i i tell my i don't charge for my consults i i coach my clients or even prospective clients on what to ask i'll just give them i give them the straight up truth and i say you know who's talking to you right now this is adam the groom these are all the things i wish someone would have told me as a groom and they didn't yeah I don't care. I've literally given them the keys of the city. Now, this is all on-site stuff. This is not uh, – I mean, is that the right word term? All, like, going somewhere and, like, in action? Location-based. Location, so outside of studio. Mm-hmm. So, now, I do studio stuff too, but that's usually, like, one-on-one. It's a lot on less one. risk kind of thing. Yeah, one-on-one, the lighting's perfect, whatever. You did that to me one time. Yes. It's the only time you've ever shot me when I was I was 19 years old, and I just uh, – I was two days out from my muscle show. You were a lot smaller than you are now. Yeah, I was 50 pounds lighter. 50 pounds. I was a skinny little shit. Skinny, yeah, I got a stupid little trophy, man. Shit. All right, so this this is it's, I've, this is a 
exciting. This is like education for me. But uh, while we're on the topic of people doing things wrong and half-assing things and – Story totally of just, my life. Just totally uh, that. I want to talk about Instagram mm-hmm. and the fact that Instagram, one, is a platform for a lot of great things, but photograph-based. Sure. A uh, lot of authenticity, a lot of integrity, a lot of this is the real me for like a minute. <laughs> and then it's fucking – now they have these filters you can put on, which I love looking at. I do it every time. And I, I don't necessarily use a filter every time, but I, there's not a time that I don't go on to post and look at what the filter can do. And all these – and then you can press edit and connect, control the brightness and the shadows. You have all this stuff, and you just got shot with the iPhone. And then you have the careers built on Instagram. These models that just push out their buttholes all day <laughs> and their little thongs. All these but the, But what I love is they write the motivational posts oh, where it's God. like – Oh, my God. Nobody's reading your post. Those 10,000 views you have, if you could go back and look at the analytics of it all, I'm like it's 90% lonely males living in the basement looking at your butt cheeks. Well, They're okay, not so, actually reading. So like, the guys that take those photos, yeah. you know, which I always, yeah, which whoever, is fine. You well, mean guys that shoot like female models and stuff? Yeah, but the amount of those types of photographers that shot up since Instagram came out, and they literally make a living because girls they want to look like that. Because girls literally just want to post more pictures of you know themselves of themselves on Instagram. <laughs> now I'm not saying it's bad. <laughs> like, it's, it's an industry like, yeah, in itself. So, we get so tr- tr- trouble for this for people that. Well, no, people make a living on this. It's true. There's nothing. There's nothing bad. There's one dude. There's a couple dudes that I even follow on Instagram because they're now. Here's the thing: their work is not shoddy at all. Well, they're see, phenomenal port, but they literally make a living by traveling around the world to like Thailand and Bali, and this, that, and the other, doing workshops where they just bring a couple models with them. People pay to come to this workshop. Photographer not only gets paid for their time, but all their stuff gets paid for, and all this other stuff. And it's like that's literally their living. So, so how do you, how do you feel about the fact that Instagram and like, do you think it's because it's the sex factor? It's the the sex selling because these photographers now have careers that are pretty fucking successful. I mean, these guys again. Live. Don't get me wrong. They are riding a very particular wave because sex does sell. Yeah. Or or over sexualizing of the photography and that does sell. People look, people whatever. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they're not good photographers at all. No, absolutely not. But what I'm saying is like, how do you feel as a photographer that they chose that they're choosing that route so consistently? Is it just does well, it change anything for you? Uh, no. It it does have a certain growth factor to it, meaning uh, people that shoot that route. Like if okay, if you go from shooting, um landscapes to all of a sudden male or female models doesn't matter yeah. doesn't matter you know in their bathing suits on the beach well, I guarantee, the, I guarantee, the female ones are the ones that get paid because they, they do they have these incredible photos and you go and they have like some snapchat or private things yeah. and these photographers are taking these naked pictures now right. and they have these private accounts and it's like there's a huge 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 industry for that you know and like i i, I don't want to <laughs> to me this is literally just an opinion but that's to me, what you're here for yeah we're like you? That's like one step off from if you're a female and you're attractive or whatever, like, and you're doing all this stuff. It's just, it's literally maybe not the same branch, but at least the same tree as like porn almost, where it's like you just don't want to say that you do that, so you're like, well, I just take I take fine art nudes. So okay. yeah, well, Instagram models basically that like. Well, here's the thing, I like there are people that 
pose for fine art nudes, but you can tell when it's that style of work. Yeah. Why do you think they teach, you know, you see that that's actually a, a certain area of in fine art, like when you're like studying to be, okay, you have to, the, 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 the human figure. That's not this. This is not human figure photography. This is, I have giant boobs and a spray tan and whatever. And, and here's the thing. If that's what you want to do and it works for you, I don't care. I don't care. But I think that it's kind of like a – it's almost like a, a, a cheat, meaning the growth factor is just so gnarly on that side of – you know, you'll notice they get 5,000 likes, whereas photographers that I know that I look up to will get 400 just because it's not that. Well, and so that's that's the crazy part of that. It's the, the content mainly, but – well, that's the crazy part of that because the photographers that are ph photographing them, they're making money. They don't 100%. need they, they don't need the likes on their profile. They just need that model to tell their other hot friend. Yeah, you know that you know. Well, they're either selling workshops, meaning they're teaching why I shoot, how I shoot, and maybe they are or how I edit. They are teaching the technical side. Um, they're probably getting a few kickbacks here and there, depending on how many followers they have. Yeah. Um. And depending on how big they are, now um, certain models will actually pay them to shoot. So here's the thing. It's like a weird – there's a weird – because I know a couple of people that shoot um, – I wouldn't say they shoot what we were joking around about, but they shoot things – you know, I call them lifestyle portraits, meaning you know, it almost looks like advertisement, but it's not. Okay. Um, so if you want to shoot with someone that has a lot of followers, a lot of times these models, you have to pay them to show up, which is fine. But if you ever supersede a certain amount of followers. popularity or whatever, now they're going to pay you. Um, so is that what the photographers are trying to get to with all these? I don't think that's what they're trying to get to. It's just a weird give and a take of it all where it's just I don't – I like truly don't – Someone to shoot, someone to add in their portfolio, and they know it's going to get likes because it's hot chicks. It could I mean, be that, or I mean, makes... or the photographer still paying someone even bigger, someone because now, like you said, they're gonna tell everyone they know, or this person has, um, like here, we'll we'll jump off that subject for a minute because it was kind of jokingly. We'll go to fitness because even fitness female models get a lot of likes because they're in gnarly good shape. Yeah, I know one of the guys that shoots Paige Hathaway. But what's gnarly is she'll get a bajillion likes, and she'll even tag him. Apparently, she's super nice, and, and she does it all the right way. Because there are certain models out there, they will never give you credit, and you're just like, serious? Like, yeah. What? You couldn't at least just say, I took this photo or whatever? Yeah. But apparently, she does it all on, on the up and up, right? But it's gnarly just to see the difference. He'll post the same exact photo. He took it, this, that, and the other. Tag her, and he'll get maybe like 1,000 likes. She'll post a photo, still tag him, meaning everyone's – it's all copacetic. Everyone's doing yeah. the, the things they're supposed to be doing. But for whatever reason, they don't give a rip. She'll get like 100, 200,000 likes, and for the same exact image, he'll get 1,000. So. Well, because, I mean, those likes are coming from her fans. From her you know, fans. She's got a bigger you know fan base and whatnot. But uh, that's the thing. It's like Instagram is such a it, – it feels over – I mean, I don't know about the photography world. It's like, to me, super – When I see – like I see – when I see the behind the scenes of these Instagram models, these – not even Instagram – Instagram models is such a tough term because like it's just a girl that thought. That's like saying IG, like I'm Instagram famous, where I'm like, you're not actually famous though. Well, it's like you are, but there's all. It's also it's you know it's like it's like taking a stadi a band that plays and tours stadiums, and then taking like a guy that sits in his bedroom and you know, 
plays uh, songs on his couch and has a ton of followers and you know like like they're both famous. They both do it, but it's two very different jobs. It's like two different types of famous. Yeah, it's a very very different world. But I feel like you know, and once again, I'm not educated on the photo uh, photograph world and the photographers themselves. But when I see these phot photographers like on site with like these hot girls in these mansions and this and that, it's like. It's like you're doing that all day, and you got like less than like a thousand followers, which is not a big deal to me. I don't care, but it's like, why don't you go for something else that could make your photography career bigger? Why are the, why is so many choosing that one? Maybe it's do they just, just want to be on hot girls? Something nice to look at. I don't know. You mean like it's almost like why not devote that power to being like you shoot well, high fashion or you shoot. Uh, I mean, how easy would it be for a guy to go buy a really fancy camera like you're talking about that does this work for all you the time. and says, hey, I'm a photographer. Get a bunch of hot girls at my house and I'll take a bunch of photos all the time. And so it's like that. That feels kind of Instagram. No, I don't. It's weird. I don't. I'm like, you know, like agree, you know, strongly agree, agree, neither disagree strong. I'm like right in the middle. Am I for it or against it? It has its uses. It's a platform to share. But it truly has done, in my opinion, a small amount of almost like damage to the industry because people just mimic what they see. Uh, a lot, I should say, more are mim more are mimicking than more are creating. Does that make sense? So, um, not a lot of original creativity. Well, and here's another thing: it's like in this day and age, it's hard to event it's hard to come up with a brand new idea. Well, so for Instagram, I think I think uh, for me, what I see is two different sides of it. There's the Instagrams that document what someone does. Sure, you and know? that's all fine. And I I love that. And then there's the Instagram that someone, like you're talking about mimicking, like what someone else. It's just a bunch of pictures and for Instagram. Yeah. Like what is the like if Instagram? I, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm sure you've heard of him or whatever. He said one of my favorite things that he ever said um, was like, if Instagram. And Facebook went down tomorrow, and Snapchat all went down tomorrow. What would you have? What content would you actually have? And like you can, you apply that to all these like different profiles. It's like, yeah, the people that document, they have content. They're documenting what they're doing. Yeah, and of course. Whereas, use. yeah, they're they're literally documenting exactly. And so for me, it's that. And like it's like I said, more power to them. You know, they some of them make great livings. They get to travel the world. I mean, it's really a great. When you break it down, a lot of it is a great job. It's incredible. Okay. But as a photographer, I guess what I'm asking is like, do you feel kind of like they're really pulling from the art or the craft by you know just getting a nice camera and taking pictures of models and that being like the front of photography right now? Well, it is what it is. Because those that's those like the front those of it. people like even people that haven't been shooting as long as I have, and that doesn't mean anything. Like anytime I say that, I don't mean anything like to my own. Yeah. There will always be someone better than myself, so I don't ever consider myself like I. I hear the only thing I do consider myself is I will always be a perpetual student, which I would love to never stop learning. I don't think there is a finish line, so I don't. So what I'm saying is I don't think I'm like this some high and mighty photographer. I know how to take a nice uh, photo, you know. I know how to create content and all that stuff, but um, the. It is, it is what it is. It, there are people that have shot for a year that will get 5,000 likes on an image and I get maybe 200. And it's just because the content, meaning mine's a wedding image and there's is a really pretty lady. Yeah. There's nothing I can do about that. So, so I think when, when it comes to me particularly though, 
Yeah. I would say like Instagram and Pinterest have kind of that's where the rise of the professional amateur photographer came from, yeah. which is everyone like the trend, the light and bright. Now everyone does it. They all saw it there. They went out and bought a camera, one lens, mimic. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So I think that it's it's not that even with set filters now. I mean, it, it's it, well, so they're many encouraging things. you to do. Well, it. and um, presets in Lightroom, meaning I want to edit it this way, just like this famous photographer. Now, you, you it doesn't just turn out that way. If you take the if you take a shitty photo, you can't just hit this preset and it's going to be nice. It's not yeah. like Auto Tune. Well, Auto Tune doesn't make it nicer kidding. anyway. I'm just Auto Tune makes it just as shitty. It, it, yeah, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, it it just the the information you know age that we have been in for some time and are still in it just it's taken away from my industry because it just it's giving people more they think they can do it they either don't have a i've had people go oh adam you get paid to party and i'm like that's hardly the case and there's yeah. a lot of responsibility that goes with what i yes i make it look easy but i've been doing it for a while so in theory yeah you're like adam's having a great time yeah that's because my brain you can enjoy what you love because right. you trained your whole right. life to do it, you know, right. or a long time to do it. That'd be like saying someone that's playing a, a massive show at Staples, but they look like they're having a great time, whereas most of us would be petrified. Yeah, but that's because they've they put in the time. They love what they do. They're professional, whatever. They've done it a million times. So um, I'm just saying, I'm not saying that it's creating a bunch of amateurs. I'm just saying it's sharing information. People are either just taking enough to start a business but not really follow through with it, whatever it may be. That's where this massive influx of mm. photography. So in light of that, yeah, and that's where the, the, the cutting of the legs comes from, meaning there's such a massive market for photographers now. Uh, it's almost like how do you get a photographer off your doorstep? Paying, yeah. Paying for the pizza. So um they're everywhere yeah and so everyone apparently can do my job whatever great maybe you can maybe you can't i don't care yeah. i just keep on trucking and do what i do but um there are a lot of them out there now and yep they'll charge a fraction of what i charge and and i the industry is getting tougher and i do kind of correlate that back to the internet so well, so I to mean, speak. I think like most other industries, it's going to become so oversaturated with its simplicity and the. It's adapt. very the photography market It'll, is very sat heavily saturated. Well, we'll think right about now. Even, even like uh, like take music right now. Like, why is the idea of a recorded song, you know, it went from a CD, you know, record sales to streaming to how am I getting paid to shit? We're not getting paid when we go unless we you know go play live shows. You know, not even merchandise is that big anymore. I mean, it's big, but it's not even that big anymore. Not like it used to be. Not like when you would show up to a massive concert and but buy like a Van said, Halen T-shirt. What's well, the thing? Everyone said the music industry is dead. The music industry. Is dead. No, it's, it's just, just evolving. super oversaturated because everybody in this in their you know family member can post on Spotify for ten bucks True. one song. Now, what that's gonna do is it's gonna put out so much shit and a lot of good stuff. That eventually, there are truly some good ones that, that pop eventually through, what's going to happen is people that are used to listening to crap are going to start thinking it's crap are going to start you know people are going to start having stronger opinions on everything well hopefully so the good because stuff, a lot of music and i i won't even say a genre because i listen to a lot of different genres um you know i listen to like older there are a few great writers because that's the thing where did music come from someone wrote that so yeah. you have to be a writer. I mean, you don't have to be. Obviously, there are whatever, yada, yada, yada. There are people that write your music for you, whatever. 
I'm not even going down that road. I'm just yeah. saying the old days when bands wrote a song, like a story, well, and see, then that's they played the thing. it. People now it's that. just a fancy hook. Well, see, that's what we're, we, we've gotten so used to this fancy hook, like the easy photographers. Right now. We get so used to that, that, but it is not a lot of depth to keep us. So after a while, as, a, you know, as, a, as the human yeah. race, we take anything that becomes oversaturated. If it's not good enough to stand, we'll eat it alive and we'll look for something good. That's why the live performance is so big now. That's why it's the only thing that's left. Because people want to see it happen. People sure. want to be a part of what you're saying and doing. Right. People want to be have the best, and they want to know that it's still out there. And then the next big thing will come, and everyone will do it, and we'll think it's great. It'll, everyone will make the money. Everyone will get shut out. It's just how the cycle of like all these industries regarding like creativity and art work. And I mean, I look forward. I love Instagram. I fucking love Instagram. I think it is one of the greatest things that's ever happened. I know. Too but, bad we didn't think of it. Uh, well, I think it's one of the greatest things because you can document what you're doing. However, there's always the total opposite. The balance the will always be there. Yeah. We'll always look at the easier to look at the negative sides, but the positives, I be, you know, fully believe, totally balance, if not outweigh the negative. Well, and, and there's a million bonuses in my industry, which is yeah. Um, obviously, there's a lo small learning curve to advertising, but right now, if you know what you're doing, Facebook and Instagram advertising will Change destroy any advertising firm out there yeah anybody well now there's facebook advertising firms yep you know because they know how to use the, they know how to work the algorithms and whatnot so i did it for a year and a half yeah, yeah. it's uh but i mean i uh i look forward to the day though that this is going to sound so weird coming on up the purity of something like instagram becomes a forefront again the idea of Could documenting happen. what Could you happen. have yeah, because that's what it all came. It wasn't. It wasn't originally created for galleries of fine art. It was meant for like, guess what I'm doing? Yeah. It was like taking the Facebook status and putting a photo. Exactly. Only, you know. Yep. It was basically just streamlining Facebook straight to your face. <laughs> Facebook to the face. Facebook to the face. So trademark. Trademark. <laughs> trademark. All right. Well, before we go. Um, I want to know from your personal experience, if I walked up to you and I said, Adam, I'm going to go out and buy a camera and I want to become a photographer, what advice? You said, if you said a few things to me, what would you tell me? Oh, God. Oh, goodness. Silence. <laughs> One, these, are, these, these might sound stupid, but it's honestly true. Be humble. There's always going to be someone that's going to just kick your ass around the corner. Oh, look at what I posted. And then they'll just destroy you with their technical capabilities or whatever. Like I said, that's why I try not to run my mouth too much about photography because I'm like, there's someone out there that will make me look like a child, truly. Yeah. Be nice about it. There's no, like, I feel like too many artists out there have fallen into the just like snippy, like <laughs> petty, where I'm just like, Oh, for God's sakes, you take photos like you're not. <laughs> and I'm not trying to downplay that, but no, I'm like, literally, you are a, like you are a speck in this universe, just like me. No one's better than anyone else. Just be nice about it. There's no reason to be rude or yeah, you get to do what you like, right? Be, be grateful for God's sakes and just be thankful that you get to do what you love Absolutely. and hopefully make a living at it. And it doesn't mean you have to steamroll the other people. So even I try to offer when I say things about, you know, particular styles and whatnot, I 
hope no one ever takes offense. I'm usually I'm just trying to say it's an opinion coming from the the educational age photography speaking that I came from where it's just like that just meant you weren't exposing properly but it sells and it's great and if it like I said I've I said this more than once in the interview if it works more power to you yeah I'm fine with that so be humble be kind never stop learning and uh, when you first buy a camera that manual goes in the bathroom because you have nothing better to do too many people gosh they just like I said you're, everyone's a photographer until you stick it on manual. That I want that shirt because honestly, that's where that's all the power is. Shirt. People buy, they stick it on auto. You're, you're, you're literally using ten percent of that camera's power. You're letting the camera deem what it does and doesn't want to see, and how, and, and you know, it's taking it's taking away all your creativity. So, learn your camera. Learn how light works. I'm still learning how light works. There's a million ways how light works. Like, learn how light works. Don't only... Now, there's a difference between knowing many styles and things like that where I, I'm not saying be a jack-of-all-trades and a master of none. I'm not a proponent of that. But I'm saying learn, like you said, you don't only play... It's okay to learn in your off time. Uh, Love what you do. Want to grow in it. Yeah, exactly. That's probably the best way to... Always continue. Just keep moving forward. Just yeah. continue to grow. Learn your camera. Be nice. Be humble. Continue to grow. Those are probably all right. the four worst things someone's <laughs> ever said on this show. But <laughs> it's not. I've had some. I have one. Ep I'm not going to say who it was. I'm not even going to say the number of the episode. Uh, I'm not even going to say where they signed on the banner. But uh, somewhere between here and here. I will say that I regretted doing the episode. I made, I, I made a fool of myself just by listening and – you remind it. me of that episode of uh, but I'm not I, I said I'm not taking it down because this is about the integrity and the growth and the authenticity and I'm like that was if I ever need to be humbled I'll just listen you, to that did you ever see uh, Billy Madison with Adam Sandler have I ever seen okay. Billy Madison you remind me of that in no way shape or form did you come to any sort of whatever he says <laughs> oh, yeah. and then he goes at no point it, in your incoherent <laughs> rambling, did you? And then he's just like, "We are all, all now, now dumber, dumber for really? listening to you." And he goes, "I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul." <laughs> a simple no would be a simple no would do. <laughs> After a standing ovation. Yeah. <laughs> Society, the little puppy. It's all oh, coming back book. to me. Oh man, I love that movie. So that you were probably sitting there going like, "May God have mercy on your soul." Well, so like in the interview, like I, f I was like, you can't say anything because then people are going to know. Yeah. So they should listen to it and be like, I never want to know. People gonna are going to have to just figure out who it is. And it's not me because you're bringing it up now. So it can't possibly be me. You if know, it's in a later I think, episode. I think they know if they've listened to all the episodes, they definitely know. Uh -oh. Maybe. I don't know. No, don't look no. around. I'm no. watching where your eyes lock up I'm right now. All of them. Yeah. yeah. Now you're just like this. <laughs> I don't know which one it is because you don't. Yeah, that's smart. Nice. Yeah, nice. Well, Adam, thanks so much, man. This is this has been fucking educational. Holy crap! And we're not we don't have the the pressure of the pump. Yeah, we're not like oh, I gotta hit something. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, of course. Peace out.